Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. monster the Japanese call Godzilla has just walked out of Tokyo Bay. We begin the attack on Earth now. We persuaded the thing to help you with what little power it has left. Godzilla now reigns supreme and will, in all probability, continue his march towards Tokyo, destroying everything in his path as they go. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Welcome to the Kaiju Cast, the only podcast that I am aware of that's 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. I am your host, Kyle, and with me here in the makeshift studio today is um, nobody, Solamente Kyle. But that's not because I'm out of guests or ideas or anything like that. It's because this show, episode four, if you can believe it, is part two of the last show, where I hung out with Jeff Dean from the online radio show Horror Holocaust. We just had a blast talking about all sorts of stuff Godzilla-related, and uh, in this episode, we delved into his love of the Godzilla soundtracks, the toys, and much, much more. So before we get started with all that hoopla, I have a very important announcement from... um, Let's see. Uh, Well, my notes here don't actually state which news organization is responsible for this report, but let's just have a listen. At first, when Hydra destroyed the tanker, it was a creature that looked like a huge tadpole. This was the first stage, when the monster lived in the water. Next, on a night of heavy fog, it assumed the shape of a four-footed reptile, and by absorbing the smoke from chimneys, grew steadily bigger. This was stage number two, when Hydra landed on dry soil. In stage number three, it changed its shape to something resembling a flying saucer, and in broad daylight emitted sulfuric acid mist. This was the third stage, flying through the air, scattering its poison. What sort of monster will it become in its next stage, the fourth? 
Okay, I'm, I'm back, but only for a second here. I just wanted to put a little fine point on the tracks that I just played. This episode is the closest one you're going to get this year uh, to Earth Day. Earth Day was just last week, and um, the uh, first track I played was, of course, an Earth Conscious track. That was the news report from um, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster where they're explaining the different stages of Hydra as he begins to, you know, attack humankind. And I just felt it was very important to share that so that, you know, just in case people forget what to look out for whether, you know, when they're on the beach or in the city or, say, at an amusement park. But um, after that, I played the Godzilla fight song from that film by Richiro Manabe. And then, of course, I followed that up with Akira Fukube's uh, Adult Mothra vs. Godzilla, which is just a great, great song the whole way through. It's a little slow at the beginning, but it just ramps right up and basically is kind of like the essence of a Godzilla um, theme song, in my opinion. And I played that, actually, so that I could segue very easily into the conversation with Jeff. Because he's such a fan of uh, Mothra that I just figured this was the best way to do it. So, please feel free to read along in your books. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. So, Jeff, aside from Mothra's theme, do you have any other specific pieces or maybe Godzilla composers that you enjoy uh, hearing? Um, yeah, well, of course, you know, you have to, uh, give it up for, uh, um, Akira Ukafube because, you know, he's the master. I mean, and so many of his soundtracks are just, you know, they're just so marvelous, you know, and he's the one who came up with, of course, the iconic Godzilla theme, mm -hmm. which is, um, I mean, it, it just fits Godzilla so perfectly. It's so kind of like bombastic and, uh, um, you know, it's a strong, I mean, it's a powerful tune. And, and it's so, you know, it's, it's like Godzilla's theme. It's like, you know, James Bond has a theme, you know, it's like Jaws's theme. Totally. It's just, you know, it's just a fantastic piece that just, whenever you hear that, I mean, your mind just immediately goes to Godzilla. It's so entrenched with Godzilla. And I even think that people who, who um, don't even know who Godzilla is probably recognize the theme. I would hope so. I mean, well, I think I, I let, let's let's clarify. I think you have to know who Godzilla is. Maybe if you haven't seen a bunch of the Godzilla movies, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think you have to know who Godzilla is in order to you know recognize the theme. But you're absolutely right. It's it's uh it's unmistakable. I think like some recent like um, hip hop artists have kind of like sampled his. Theme. Yeah, the Pharaoh Monk. That's uh, actually the first time I came on your show. I had a a hip hop uh, track playing with the you know the Godzilla theme. Yeah, yeah. When uh, once it gets to the part, it goes da 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 da. Yeah. And it's got you know a beat behind it, and then I just laid over a whole bunch of uh, uh, you know audio clips, yeah. and and uh, it <laughs> that was long. <laughs> That was easily mixed. I was able yeah. to keep that going for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, some of my favorite, um, you know, soundtracks from the Godzilla films, you know, a lot of them are from, 
you know, uh, Akira. And that is, uh, you know, like God's, uh, Ghidra, the three headed monster, I think is a great soundtrack. Um, terror of Mecha Godzilla is cool. Um, I even like Godzilla vs. space Godzilla, I think, which is, is, a you know, a pretty good soundtrack. Um, and of course, Godzilla vs. Destroyer is, is, you know, I think just phenomenal. I mean, I, the whole film yeah. is phenomenal and the soundtrack even adds to that. It's just, yeah. it, it's perfect. Um, you know, in some of the soundtracks that I enjoy that, uh, um, you know, he did not do it because, you know, he did the majority of them, but there are composers who, uh, you know, worked on the series as well. I like uh, Ko Otani's uh, soundtrack for uh, Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra. Mm-hmm. It's very different. You know, it's very modern. It's but, very uh, synthesized. Yeah, but yeah. It, um, <clears throat> I thought it fit the fit the film fairly well. It was kind of like a nice touch. I also like, you know, the soundtracks for uh, Godzilla vs. Uh, Hedora and Megalon by uh, Uchiro uh, Manabe. Yeah. So they kind of have this 70s kind of like total funk vibe going there. Yeah, they just kind of fit the, <laughs> they fit the time period. I mean, they're, you know, but uh, you know, they're different. I probably could have actually played that <clears throat> instead of making that sound with my mouth. But I, I like that. Thing. <laughs> but um, I have a soft spot for those because, you know, they're just like, like I said, you know, pretty funky and and fun. Definitely, definitely. Actually, let's uh, let me tell you something really cool about the Godzilla versus Destroya soundtrack, which you know, as we were saying, Ifukube did um, for the '95 film. In in that movie, it it opens well. The exciting part opens with Godzilla destroying Hong Kong, which of course is not in Japan. So he's drifted down into uh, Chinese waters and he attacks Hong Kong. Well. The intro to that movie um, theme, the the main theme from that film, actually features a bunch of Chinese instruments. So mm-hmm. next time you listen to it and you hear, um, you hear all the the different instruments that don't just sound like your standard symphony. Yeah, yeah. Those are Chinese, and it's really. I think that was really cool. A really great nod to the culture. Yeah, I mean that's just like one of the things that. A brilliant composer like you know Afukabe will do I agree you know that's something that you may not notice at first but it'll you know resonate with you until you can become you know like an enthusiast like yourself and I you'll go back and you know buy the soundtrack and listen to it and then you'll you know catch on and be like god that that's just brilliant yeah I, well I think um, actually the cool, you know, because I after Hong, after Japan, I actually lived in Hong Kong, so I was able to watch that intro to that movie and go, oh, "I've eaten there." <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, Godzilla destroys the jumbo restaurant, which is like a floating restaurant in in the in one of the bays there. But uh, th- you know, I, when I saw that film, you know, and I uh, I think it's actually right when the titles come in, mm-hmm. the uh, the big. Godzilla versus Destroya 3D titles hit the screen. It just kind of crescendos into this just awesome just mix of of instruments and that's when I recognized it. But you're definitely right that going back and listening to these soundtracks, it's very easy to uh for someone who's not experienced in it to listen to it and go, "Oh yeah, they all kind of sound the same." But they really don't, and um, you know these composers do a fantastic job. Not just Ifukube, but all of them have just really created some really interesting 
soundtracks. One of the uh, tracks I played earlier was from Godzilla Returns, which is, a, in my opinion, one of the more haunting soundtracks that's available. Yeah, yeah. It's really good stuff from that one. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I haven't heard a lot of that soundtrack because you know, I, I don't actually have the soundtrack. I ha- you know, the, a lot of the tracks that I have are, um, you know, from kind of like compilations. Yeah, CDs. from that best of comp. Yeah. Yeah, so you only get like one or two tracks f- from some of them. But, you know, I go by kind of like when you go back and watch the movies um, a number of times and you kind of like can pick up on, on, you know, of course, more of the, you know, the pieces. Totally, man. Totally, man. So how about the movies? Like, have you ever... Are there any movies that you haven't seen that you really want to see? Um, I've seen all the Godzilla films. Oh, yeah. But um, there are a few of them that I have not seen in, in many, many years. Yeah. You know, I've seen the you know like my favorite ones many times. Like, you know, I think my all-time favorite has to be Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra. Nice. And, and that's from the Millennium series, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, but that's like, you know, I think my favorite. Um, and it's like Godzilla 1985. Um um uh Ibra the Oh Ibira. Yeah, Ibira the Sea Monster. God delivers the Sea Monster. I don't think I've seen that for like twenty five years. I really like that movie. See there's there's like a couple of them I haven't seen in a long, long time. And like nineteen eighty five I remember when I first saw it I, I just kinda like didn't care for it all that much. Yeah. And I've always wanted to go back and revisit it, especially like on a widescreen version. Because I think I just saw Well actually nineteen eighty five is not available on D V D. Yeah, I mean you have to I mean, I remember the last time I saw it was on VHS. Yeah, you know. So. I think I, I think I sold my VHS tape to somebody, thinking, you know, for like a dollar, thinking that, <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be out on DVD anytime now. Yeah, and yeah. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. So yeah, but um, you know, in uh, talking about other films that are, you know, not Godzilla, I haven't seen a lot of the early Gamera films. I've seen a couple of them. Um, and I haven't seen, uh, the sequel or the second and third installments of, of the Dimogen trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of films, especially like War of the Gargantuans and, uh, uh, the Mysterians and Frankenstein Conquers the World that I haven't seen in a long, long time that I want to go back and revisit. But you've seen them. At, at yeah, least. I saw them like, you know. Years and years ago. Years and years ago, probably yeah. on television. So, uh, and I know... No, a lot of those are now available, like we've mentioned, on DVD. Yeah, uh, a company named Tokyo Shock released a bunch of them. Yeah, I remember I recently saw uh, uh, Matango, Attack of the Mushroom People. They put that out. And I think it was a box set with um, Mysterians and mm. uh, something. There was like you could get three of them. And, and I think it was... Uh, Atragon, maybe? Not Atragon. I think it was Degora or something. It was the Degora, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I rented the uh, Matango and thought that was just fantastic. Oh, Matango's a, an amazing film anyway. Yeah. Uh, and They gave it such a terrible name, terrible name when it came out in the States. Yeah. Attack of the Mushroom Creatures or yeah, Mushroom yeah, People. Pe- yeah, yeah. Ugh. It sounds like a bad 50s movie. It, there is a bad 50s movie. It's Attack of the Eye Creatures, which I get it, the name confused. And it's uh. like... But it's so much better than Attack of the Eye Creatures. A yeah. billion times better. I've got the soundtrack for that too. That's a really interesting soundtrack. The um and the whole I should, probably shouldn't even bring this up because I don't have the information in front of me, but the the whole premise behind that movie was based off of some English short story actually. Hmm. 
have to f- seek that out then maybe. But you get Kumi Mizuno in that movie mm-hmm. as like the temptress who <laughs> who gets all these guys to eat the mushrooms. Yes. Got kind of something going on there, some kind of <laughs> subtext, I'm sure. But yeah, I just thought like you know the DVD presentation. I mean, the cine- cinematography is just fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just a completely it's solid film. And it's I want to go creepy back. Creepy film too. It's, it's yeah, uh, it's yeah. creepy. I, I remember when I got it, I said, "Tiger, I don't think you should really watch this yet." Yeah, it might kind of freak him out just a little. Like yeah. I, I think that that would be one of those things where he would just be like, "What's going on? What? What's? Why is that happening?" How are those people turning into mushroom people? <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there are definitely some films I got to go back and uh, check out. And now with you know a lot of them being available on DVD now, you can check them out in all their widescreen glory. Yeah, well, that's the best the way to do it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, what about uh, questions for me? You know, I've been grilling you for a while. Do you have any? questions about the giant monster movie genre i, I you know I, I don't know everything but uh if you ask me something there's I'll, a good I'll chance you, i'll pick your brain pick my brain here okay um i have a couple questions i'm, I'm kind of curious about um in in your opinion what are if you could give me a lit uh some of like or maybe just one of each uh, that you think is the most overrated and underrated of the entire godzilla canon of films is there like one film that you know, you think is underappreciated a lot, and one film you think is just, you know, too much praise is heaped upon it. Okay. Yeah, I, I can give you a couple of those, actually. Um, well, f- I'll, I'll start with the underrated. And uh, the reason I'm going to start with that is because a lot of people really diss this film. They they think it's terrible. And that's Godzilla's Revenge. Uh, that's uh, That's the one where you've got a little kid who escapes into his fantasy world where he's friends with Minya. And as a Godzilla movie, it's not great. You know, just, um, it's not a, but it's not a cohesive Godzilla movie story like your typical mm-hmm. Godzilla films. And so Ishiro Honda really did something different with that film. And I have completely learned to appreciate the, um, the storytelling and the message that he's giving to children mm-hmm. in that in that movie, which is a little strange because you're, it's kind of like yes, kids, fight back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you know, especially these days, you know, we try and teach kids to shy away from violence and so forth. But, yeah, and it's yeah. not really a, the movie's not about violence; it's about standing up for you know what's right and standing up to to evil. And you get Minya who is actually, uh, you know, he's not a real representation of Minya as as you would see him in Godzilla versus, or Son of Godzilla, or as you saw him in Destroy All Monsters, he's a representation of Ichiro, the little kid. So when Ichiro is dreaming about Minya on Monster Island, really he's, he's sort of placing himself into a monster's shoes and he's still kind of a weak little kid who gets getting bullied by Gabara and, um, and then, you know, he learns how to stand up for himself. And I just really like that movie a lot. It's, and that's why I feel that that movie is underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly suggest anyone who, 
who does not like the film to really, you know, take a step back and understand it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Not your typical Godzilla fair, which is really cool that they did that because they had, you know, that was 1969, so they had um, a good uh, over 10 years of Godzilla movies. Yeah. And it, it was like a little break, but mm-hmm. they were still making them. You know, they had uh, 67 was Son of Godzilla, and 68 was Destroy All Monsters. And then yeah, even, yeah. you know, they didn't make one in 70, but in 71 they did uh, Smog Monster. So it's not like some weird movie that came out because, like, uh, like Super Gamera... I can't remember the name of it, Super Monster Gamera or Gamera Super Monster, mm-hmm. where um, it's like a clip show, basically. And, you know, it's the last, that movie is the, like the last hurrah for Daiei at yeah. the time before they went bankrupt. But <clears throat> I digress. Godzilla's Revenge is definitely the most underrated film. Um, overrated film. That's a tougher one, though, because I really enjoy all of the Godzilla movies. Mm. Um, I'd have to say, top of my head, uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla is probably one of the most overrated Godzilla movies. I like the design of Titanosaurus, um, but I just don't... I didn't really dig the plot too much, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing back that whole alien conspiracy and uh you know the 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 doctor was so intent on making humans uh suffer for his uh for them making fun of him yeah now i i will admit that the scene where he's remembering everybody making fun of him yeah seemed really harsh <laughs> and I was, it probably would uh drive me pretty close to uh yeah to, to, uh, madness. to madness, to becoming a mad scientist. But yeah, I, in general, I know a lot of people hold that movie in high esteem because it was the return of Akira Fukube to the soundtrack, uh, to the score of the movie. And I think his score is great for that. Yeah, I know it's film. good. I'm not saying that the I'm not saying that the movie doesn't have its good points. I'm not saying that I don't like the movie. I'm just yeah, saying like yeah. a lot of people really like that movie, and I just don't. I don't really feel it's as 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 good as people claim it to be, but yeah. it's still a great movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's no Godzilla versus Megalon. <laughs> um, what about uh, non-Godzilla films? Do you have like uh, I don't want to say you know underrated films, but do you have some like of the non-Godzilla films? You know, if you were to name three that you would say like people rush out and see. Or, or hunt at, hunt down basically. If they have not seen them, yeah, then I would say the the first three films would be Gamera: Guardian of the Universe, Gamera: Two: Advent of Legion, and Gamera: Three: Revenge of Iris. Without a doubt, um, those three movies reinvented the wheel. And actually, not only did they reinvent the wheel, when uh, Gamera: Three came out. And I believe February or March of '99, mm-hmm. I was really excited for the December '99 release of Godzilla 2000 or Godzilla Millennium. Yeah, and I was so disappointed 
that the special effects in Godzilla 2000 were not up to par with the Gamera movie. Yeah. Which was running on a, you know, smaller budget, probably smaller crew, and just smaller company. You know, Daiei at the time is still smaller than Toho. Yeah, well, Gamera 3 has like a savageness to it that, you know, the other two Gamera films did not have, I think. It kind of had like a mean, you know, mean streak running through it. And it's kind of like the same thing that I think, you know, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra benefited by having the same director. True. There, there's just like there's like yeah. an edge to it. You yes. know what I mean? There the um the ninety nine film I really I, I did like how they did that though, you know. A lot of times in the Toho movies you don't see people die, you know. You hear about it, especially in the dubbed films you hear, you know, this hurricane wiped out five hundred thousand people or something like that, you know. Yeah. And but it's usually in an audio clip. You don't usually see um, see that people have died, and when Gamera three came out, and in that opening scene, when uh, not the opening scene, but when Gamera attacks the Gauss in uh, Shibuya, mm-hmm. in the Shibuya district, you see that fireball coming down the street, and not only is there <laughs> are there explosions, but people are getting caught up in the explosions, and you can see their silhouettes. Yeah, it is. There is a a brutality associated with that. And I, I know that's difficult for some fans to really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. But it was something new and it was kind of bold to do in a sense, because God, you know, Godzilla has always been a, we don't kill people. We don't show people dying kind of thing, except maybe, you know, off camera, you know, yeah, you might yeah. see some, uh, hear somebody die or get squished or something like that. But, yeah, the Gamera series, without a doubt, is what I'd say you must go out and see. Now, if you're, if you want to count the Gamera series, the '90s Gamera series, as maybe one film, and you want to hear some other films that I think people should go see, that are not Godzilla or you know they should rent. Um, there are a couple of Toho movies. I really like Atragon. Mm-hmm. Atragon is one of my favorites. Um, and then I'd also say that the Daimajin trilogy is really great. Yeah, and that is, unfortunately, that's not available on DVD, right? It is, but I guess um, I, I'm i spoiled because I bought it when it first came out, and it's really hard to find now. So it's out of print, basically. Out of print. So. Actually, the Gamera movies are out of print, too. I I think uh, ADV Films, who had those both of those licenses, uh, maybe their license lapsed or something, lapsed or something. I'm not really sure. So they are out there, so people can technically find you them. could you should you should be able to find them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you want to talk toys a little bit? Yeah. Have you, have you discussed toys. that on the show? No, we haven't. Well? Actually, I I thought about it. It's kind of in the back of my head. I said, you know, maybe Jeff and I will talk about toys a little bit. Um, for those that don't know, which I would assume is everybody. Who's listening to the show? <laughs> Unless Jeff, your friends are listening, but uh, Jeff is an avid toy collector. Now, mostly he collects uh, horror movie stuff, but I too am a toy collector. I have a fair amount of Godzilla figures from all walks of the Godzilla lore. Yes, and uh, I you have an impressive collection of. Uh, Godzilla. Thank you very much. Collectibles. Um, <laughs> I, I have a few. I have, I have some of the Bandai 
you know, figures that came out primarily when, you know, the Heisei series was, was coming out. And then, um, I have a whole, you know, bunch of the little super deformed guys that I would get whenever me and my friend uh, would go to San Francisco, would go into like Japantown and hit the little markets. You could buy these little yeah. things. You don't know which one you're getting. The little thumb puppets. Little yeah, the thumb puppets. puppets. Yeah. And I was like, me and him were just like obsessed with those. We would go by and buy, we would each buy like two dozen of them because they're only like, a, you know, two or three bucks. So we'd go spend yeah. 30, each, each spend about 30 bucks. And we'd divide them up, whoever didn't get one or whatever. And you would, yeah, because the boxes were never labeled yeah, as to which, yeah, it was, which it, monster was, it was in a, which box. It was box. a crapshoot. You know, you kind of like, you know, that's part of the fun. You buy a whole bunch and then um, we would trade them. But I, I have a whole bunch of those and I, and I just love those. But um, do you have like a favorite, uh, you know, collectible or figure? I have to assume it would have to be like probably one of the ones that you got from like the premieres. Because explain yeah. that like in Japan, they, when they yeah. have premieres, they have special toys. Yeah, when you when a Godzilla movie opens in a theater in Japan, they have a little souvenir shop, and you can go when you're there at the theater. You can go buy stuff. There are uh, pens and erasers and folders and stationery there's a ton of stuff you can just buy and i've never actually been to one of the japanese openings but those items make their way into the states at an inflated price usually and uh almost every one of the uh, uh well all of the millennium series movies had them and i know that godzilla versus destroyer also had theater exclusive figures mm-hmm. um, and the theater exclusive figure that is my favorite well my favorite collectible that I own is my theater exclusive Godzilla from the 1995 Godzilla versus Destroya which yeah. is um, it's him in meltdown mode yeah. and it's, it's just orange and red and uh, it's beautiful it's made out of translucent plas- uh, translucent vinyl yeah, and how and how big is that one? Uh, it's a standard eight-inch figure. Yeah, because there there are like two general sizes of figures from Bandai. There's the eight-inch set, mm-hmm. which was everything, and people can correct me if I'm wrong too. But everything from when Bandai started making figures in like '85, '87, something like that. Yeah, all the way until '95. They have these eight-inch figures, and you've got some exceptions, like the Mothra larva figure is not going to be an eight-inch figure. Yeah. And yeah. the Godzilla Junior, God, little Godzilla, and baby Godzilla figures are going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the eight-inch series, and then they came out with the six-inch series, which is, uh, I believe, commonly referred to as the Godzilla Island series. Okay, yeah. Which there's a really cool uh, story behind that too, but um, <clears throat> yeah, the 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 eight inch figures didn't come back until I believe it was Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra, and uh, the Godzilla was an eight inch figure. Yeah. Anyway, that's my favorite one, and it's it's mostly my favorite because a I really love Godzilla versus Destroy. It's one of my favorite films. Uh, B the that's a beautiful figure but see i got that figure for like 16 bucks which is wow. unheard of yeah that's that's amazing uh it was from a yahoo japan auction and i didn't really understand what was going on and i actually technically got 
the Godzilla figure and an eight-inch space Godzilla figure for sixteen dollars, and then you know whatever shipping was on top of that. Yeah, yeah. And it was. Uh, I remember when my friend placed the bid for me. It was basically like a buy it now auction, mm-hmm. and. I placed the first and only bid, <laughs> and I got this just fantastic deal. For it must have been a slow game. night on eBay or something. I don't, know, I don't know what the deal was. It's just, I remember he was on the phone with me, and he said, Oh, wait, you got it. You won. Because I was totally prepared to you know, go up to almost 100 bucks on it. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Because that thing And you sells. can let him know that about, about that now. Well, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, those things right now, you know, you can't buy one of those for under $200, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, now the one I have does not have the the tag, but I'm not one of those. I, I'm not a stickler about tags. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like when they came out with, I think I believe it was like Tokyo SOS. Me and my friend went to like a kimono my house. Nice. And that's when they had like the black Mothra because then they kind of changed the design, which is kind of like black. Honor. Maybe it's not SOS. Maybe it's the next one. No, no. SOS was, uh, yeah, it's got black on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I thought. And they came up with that. And I think it's it's about a, I don't know what the, what the wingspan is it's on It's pretty it. big. I've got it in the other room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got that one there. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know this, but come out of my house, I don't even know if it's still open. I the last time is. I was there was like four or five years ago. I haven't been since 99. But, uh, that was, that was just a fantastic place to go, and and you know bring your credit card. Yeah, because <laughs> all these things are imported from Japan, so yeah. you're gonna pay a hefty price. But there's so much fantastic stuff to get, especially in the days before eBay and auctions. That was like the only place you could get things like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, before they came up with like you know eBay and uh, the internet, where everything was kind of like everything's a click away, basically. Yeah. If you want to pay for it. But, yeah, in the days before that. Yeah, in the days before eBay, there were only a handful of places that you could even buy that stuff from. Yeah, yeah. I actually, on that same shelf I was pointing out earlier, I have a whole bunch of G-fans. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, I think it was Martin was over at the house, the apartment the other day. Yeah. I was showing him an old an old issue of G-fan. And I was like, oh, I remember this one. This is... Uh, this is when I saw the preview in G-Fan for the 96 Mothra movie. And the first thing, you know, you open the cover and it's got like a poster of the Mothra movie. And it's got a picture on the inside page of Death Ghidra, which just looked amazing. And then later on, you know, you're flipping through the pages. It's like, oh, Club Daikaiju. Yeah, if yeah, They have it. it listed there. And I remember... And I've got it. If you look at my magazine, it's got like Death Ghidra circled with a star next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Your next payday. That's, that's totally. What you're gonna, yeah. I, and I did. I bought it from. I bought it from them. Yeah, that's 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 the company I was trying to remember before Club Daikaiju. Yeah, Club Daikaiju. Where you could always count on because they would do their own subtitling, correct? E, Wouldn't they kind of like? I think actually that might be a different company. I can't remember. It's been so long. I don't. I don't buy. Uh, I don't have to buy those from those companies anymore because they either have different suppliers or they're legitimate releases. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of one of the things I, I like think it's Video Daikaiju. 
Yeah, I think yeah. That, I think that was the name of the company. Yeah, video. Yeah, maybe. And they it was. did not advertise in G Fan because the G Fan didn't want to get busted for yeah for uh, advertising bootleg movies. Yeah, um, you know one of my favorite ones that I have, even though the design um, is different, is for Godzilla was uh, for uh, Godzilla vs Megaguirus when they kind of gave him the purple spines mm-hmm. and the more kind of like reptilian head and yep. stuff. Yeah. I got, that's like the largest Godzilla fo- figure I have. He's like, I think he's about 16 inches tall or something like that. Oh, again. that's the one where he's kind of turning and his tail's whipping yeah, and around? Yeah, t- and his tail is like really, really long. Yeah, that's a but, beautiful uh, figure. Yeah, that, that you know, I love that one. And, and speaking of, you know, since we're on the topic of kind of Godzilla designs, do you have a preference, your favorite yeah. you know, appearance of Godzilla? No, I, I, uh, I definitely, yeah, talked about this a little bit with Martin. Um, my favorite design, actual realized suit, is, um, I would say, the 1991 Godzilla from Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Okay. I think that's, I would consider that pretty much the epitome of what I feel Godzilla looks like. Yeah. Um, the Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra version was great, but, uh, I really wanted it to look like the maquette, which if you look at my blog and the show notes from episode one or the show notes continued from episode one of the Kaiju cast, I have a picture of what the maquette looked like. Yeah. Um, and that just looked so great. And, when I saw the final suit, I know that they had some limitations on what they could do and how they could position a real person yeah. inside of the suit, and so that's how they had. That's why they had to do it like that. Um, but it didn't do it as much for me as I would wanted it to. Yeah, as I, I had wanted it to. But yeah. the '91 version of Godzilla. Yeah, I love the uh, Godzilla Mothra King Gudra mainly. It's just you know he's back to looking like just a complete badass. Wait, he's got wait, the look wide out! Eyes. He's right there. He's yeah, right there next to your hand. I, I better. He's, he's going for my for, for, for my beverage. Yeah, yes. um, yeah. I just, I just love the wide eyes too, which are just wonderfully wicked. And I also love the Godzilla from uh, uh, Godzilla vs. Biollante. I think he looks pretty great. Definitely there as well. Yeah, actually, that one up there is Godzilla vs. Biollante. Yeah. The big one, the big one. Yeah, I like the, I like all, you know, I like all of them. I even like the, uh, the droopy, sleepy Godzilla from Godzilla 1985. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of, uh, people that don't like the 70 yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Godzilla's Godzilla, unless it's directed by uh, Emmerich. Yeah. yeah, it's like, because the Godzilla, you know, the Muppet-looking Godzilla is very similar. Because his eyes are on top of his head, like kind of resembles like a frog or something like that, I think is like part of Yeah, the, he uh, looks really cute. Yeah. Looks really cute. Godzilla's um, cute. Yeah, so so what is your opinion on the Emmerich one? Is it kind of like you just have purged it out of your mind? Uh, I've seen the movie two or three times. And every time I have watched it, it's always been to give it another chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, except the last time is because Tiger really wanted to see it. 
So he had he had never seen he had it never seen time. it. No, yeah. and I, he was actually born right after the movie came out, like uh, a year after the movie came out, and uh, or no later that year, excuse me. And uh, I just he wanted to see it, and after we watched the movie, I kind of looked at him. I go, so what? What'd you think? And he goes, I liked it, and I was like. Well, I guess I'd better start the paperwork to disown you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, no, I but don't blame him. It was, you know, a blockbuster film, and he was, uh, I believe, eight when I showed it to him. I think that's, you know, that's the audience that is <laughs> going to probably like, you know, Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Yeah, I, de- I definitely don't like that movie, and it's not in my collection. If you, if I were to take a picture, maybe I will. Of my Godzilla shelf on my DVD case, it's definitely not there. I just, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I, I've only seen it like one and a half times. I saw it at the theater when it first came out the opening weekend, and then I've seen it like on cable a number yeah. of years ago. And I just kind of felt like it was like, seemed to be more influenced by Jurassic Park than, than any other Godzilla film, you know? Yeah. Have you seen the uh, the cartoon that came out of that? I did not see the animated show. No. I believe it's just called Godzilla the Series. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, pretty cool. Pretty good. Yeah. So does the design of Godzilla follow what they designed it for, does, for that but version? It, um, and I don't want to make it sound like it's in the same animation style as those uh, DC Batman and Superman mm-hmm. uh, cartoons that are out now, but uh, the style is different it's not super realistic godzilla is a little more idealized as uh as a you know very similar but cartoony creature and he's got a flame breath it's like a radioactive green flame breath and he fights other monsters and there's a lot of really great stuff in that show my friend keith worked on that show oh really how long did it run did it do very many episodes or I think they did a year or a little more than a year. Yeah, it's on DVD, correct? I there think. are episodes on DVD. I don't know if you can get the entire the, series on DVD. Okay. That's something I should investigate, though, because I did enjoy the series, even though um, the you know they kind of take the characters from the movie, um, you know, like Matthew Broderick's character and uh, all the other people that played actual characters uh, who I can't remember because I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Um, you know, there's a girl who was on news radio and there's a uh, Maria Patillo played his love interest in the movie. And she, Hank she, Azaria she was, is in the movie. And Jean Roland from like the professional. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Jean Renault. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Oh yeah. Jean Roland. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a director of, yeah. uh, of seventies, yeah. Well, Jean Renault, Jean Renault shows up. His character shows up in like maybe a couple of episodes, but basically he's got instead of having his character on, there's a young, hot French chick from his government who uh, works with Matthew Broderick's characters, Tatopoulos, the Tatopoulos character, and the team. And then there's some other, a couple of new characters, and um, they basically create a team, and they follow Godzilla around, and and it's a lot like the like the original Godzilla cartoon with Godzuki in it, except there's uh-huh. no Godzuki, um, but he fights monsters. That's really 
there's some really well thought up creatures. And actually, there's eventually even like a cyber Godzilla, too. Interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll watch that sometime. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I'd be curious to check that out. It's uh, worth watching. Definitely worth watching. Funny thing about how that conversation ended is um, that for the last show, I did a little bit of uh, rearranging in our conversation. So um, imagine, if you will... Jeff and I sitting at the at the at the table talking about all this stuff, following the discussion about the Godzilla series on the cartoon, we went directly into the news. So, unfortunately, I don't have any good segues for <laughs> for the end of this conversation that's going to be in this episode and uh, into the Godzilla news for the Kaiju Cast. The only thing I could possibly do is to just let her roll. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. And now it's time for the Kaiju Cast news. And as I've said before, I'm not a reporter. I don't go out and find my own stories. It's just uh, not how I roll. I don't have those aspirations of trying to come up with scoops for you guys. So basically what I do is I go to my friends' websites and I pick the best stuff that you guys would be interested in that maybe you're not checking out yet for some reason. But uh, basically I'm looking at scifijapan.com. I'm looking at August Ragoni's blog. Um and just kind of in general, any any other news that pops up, I, I just got back onto the Club Tokyo forum, so sort of putting those feelers out there again. But regardless, here's the news as it sits right now. There's a movie coming out, and I actually saw this trailer about four months ago. It's called Big Man Japan, and it's actually coming out May 15th. It looks like one of those sort of uh, art house movies so if it comes to your town be on the lookout around may 15th if it comes to your town definitely go check it out it's sort of about this guy who um turns big and protects japan but i guess a lot of people complain because he causes damage and you know they they make ridiculous complaints about it it's it's a comedy it's a like a parody comedy kind of thing and it's really pretty funny sci-fi japan has a little blurb on their current homepage about it but you can also go check out the website at dainiponjin.com. Um, it's a looks to be a pretty funny movie, and I highly suggest that you go see it because I'd I'd like to hear what you have to th- have to say about it after it comes out. I'm gonna go check it out because I'm well. I've got my fingers crossed that it's gonna be here in Portland. I uh, can't assume anything because you know what happens when you assume things. Uh, also, there was a screening of King Kong versus Godzilla in New Hampshire last week. So hopefully some of the listeners got to go and check that out. Um, personally, I'd love to hear how it went if somebody went to the to the uh, Colonial Theater and were able to see King Kong versus Godzilla. I've always wanted to see that in the theater personally. I, I love the movie. I love the American version of the movie too. It's from start to finish, I think it's a it's really good. Um, also, there is a double feature 
coming up in Rochester, New York. You can go to the uh, George Eastman House website um, to check this out, and that's eastmanhouse.org. I would tell you, normally I'd say, go check out scifijapan.com, um, and I will have that in my show notes as well. But right now, it's at the very bottom of the page. I'm sure something will come up a little bit later, and uh, it'll they'll bump up a story or a related kind of blurb later on before the uh, screenings. But right now, the dates are Friday, June 5th, and Sunday, June 7th. And they're showing Godzilla 2000 and Godzilla vs. King Ghidra. If you go on Friday, June 5th, Godzilla 2000 starts at 7 p.m., and King Ghidra is at 9 p.m. And on Sunday, Godzilla 2000 starts at 2 p.m., King Ghidra is at 4. Um, I don't think I need to tell you guys the awesomeness of Godzilla on the big screen. But if you haven't seen Godzilla and you're in that area, if you haven't seen you know one of these movies in the extra wide format that you will never be able to fit in your own home, please go see these movies and support Godzilla being... Uh, projected on these screens because I think it's really important. I know all my friends in in Portland who um, are mildly interested in Godzilla. I'm sure I can drag them. So you get out there, drag your friends to go see those movies. Okay, here's some cool news. I haven't reported it yet on the show, but uh, that's that's just because nothing's been set in stone. It's always been like, oh, I really want to go this year. Um, mostly I, I want to go to meet people and promote the, the podcast and so forth. But I am definitely, definitely going to G-Fest this year. That's right, G-Fest 16. Might as well just put Kyle Yount down as a special guest because I've already got my plane booked, I've already got my uh, hotel booked, and I've already sent in my registration. So that's right, folks. July 3rd through July 5th, 2009, I will be in Chicago, Illinois, attending the only Godzilla convention that happens year after year. There's not really a lot to announce as far as news goes for G-Fest, because they just haven't put that kind of stuff up on their website yet. But I've been checking it out. Um, I'm really excited to go. But uh, one of the reasons is because I, I want to meet fans. I want to mingle with people. I want to promote the Kaiju cast. I mean, those are those are the big reasons I'm going, but... I'm also excited to meet some of the celebrities that are going to be there. I know Kenji Sahara is going to be there, and I think he's been, according to their website, it says Mr. Sahara has appeared in more Godzilla films than any other actor, 13 to date. Also appearing is uh, Robert Scott Field, and I know that he's been there ever since 1999. Some of you might be saying, oh, Robert Scott Field, big surprise. But I think it's really cool that he comes back every year. And uh, I personally am looking forward to talking to him. And hopefully I can get him to say a couple of words. Maybe uh, if I'm allowed to kind of interview him for a few minutes, you guys will be able to hear some cool stuff if, you haven't, if you're not going to be able to go to G-Fest this year. I know they haven't announced the movies. And I know the contests are probably going to be very similar to previous years. I'm personally hoping there's going to be a tattoo convention because I'd love to submit my arm because I've got this full sleeve of Godzilla tattoos. Um, I'm also looking forward to the dealer's room because I like seeing Godzilla stuff. I really don't need to be buying a whole bunch of things because my 
walls are pretty packed as they are. But um, I'm going to be there. Hopefully you'll be there. If you're there and you see a dude running around in a Kaiju Cast t-shirt, uh, that's almost definitely going to be me. So definitely, you know, stop me and say, hey, you know, I listen to the show, I like the show, or I, I hate the show, and here's what you can do to improve it. Because I'm very interested in, in talking to you guys about this stuff. Finally, I wanted to uh, once again say that August Ragoni has uh, started his own film festival that's going to be in August um, from the 21st through the 23rd of this year in San Francisco at the Castro Theater. It's called Godzilla and the Monsters of Mass Destruction. There's going to be 10 movies there. I don't know what those movies are yet, but they're supposed to be classic Toho films. And um, Haruo Nakajima, the guy who played Godzilla, uh, well, the original Godzilla and, you know, a whole bunch of those movies up until 75, he's going to be the special guest of that film festival. Personally, I've never met Nakajima-san, so I'm excited to potentially go to that. I'm really trying to pull some strings so that I can get down there. Um, I've already talked to August. If I'm if I'm going to be there, I'm definitely going to have a Kaiju cast table. So if you're in San Francisco and you're going to go to this, or if you're coming from out of town and you're going to go to the Godzilla and the Monsters of Mass Destruction Film Festival, please stop by and say hi to me. Um, I'll be there, um, I think, every day if, if I'm able to go. And I'll have a, like I said, I'll have a table there. So Definitely check that out at shockittome.com. Now, the thing about the website shockittome.com is it's shock-it-to-me.com. So there you go. That's pretty much all of the news I have that I feel is KaijuCast worthy. And that is going to pretty much do it for this month's episode of the KaijuCast. Um, normally, I would love to thank my special guest, Jeff Dean, for being here, um, but he wasn't here. You, of course, were listening to the second half of uh, our conversation from the last show. You know, if I was funnier, I might call him, but it's like 11.45 at night, and he's probably got to work in the morning, and he's probably asleep, so I don't want to be a jerk or anything. Um, but this is the end of the show. If you found this podcast from like iTunes or another podcast directory, if you didn't go directly to kaijucast.com, which is the website for the show, make sure you check it out because I'm going to have the show notes after uh, I post the the show. They'll be up there. And if you want to contact me, I always love hearing from people who are listening to the show. If you like it or if you don't like it, let me know. I'm always looking for ways to improve the KaijuCast. I'll make sure I write you back if you send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. Thanks again, and make sure you tune in next month. So that's, like I said, that's it. I got nothing else except for a little bit of musica. So let's close this thing out with a little something-something from the Heisei series. (laughs) 